Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode 23, the Michael Jordan of podcast. Episode 23 of Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. With you today, the usual crew, myself, Logan Bryant, some Sports Nuts, Matthew Hickey Hickman. Evening, guys. Evening. And Christopher with a K, Colette with a C. What's up? <laughs> Boys, I feel like I just saw you yesterday. We got together for the college football national title in the 36 hours since then. Everybody doing okay? It was the longest game I've ever watched, I think. I mean, enjoyed hanging out with y'all, but I about died from the length of the game, I think. We had quite the motley crew there, too. We did, we did. Um, Chris, anything exciting happened to you in the last 24 hours? No, absolutely not. Huh. The, drive, the drive back was 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 a real bear. It was <laughs> it was uh, very dark and just enough rain where it wasn't coming down hard, but it was just enough to like aggravate you. So I just hit the cruise on 70 and just coasted all the way back. It was a very boring trip, but... Well, guys, let's let's inject a little excitement into the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast this week. We're going to talk a little NFL playoffs, NFL players. We are going to have a surprise appearance in January for a little MLB cheating scandal. We've also got Skyline Chili, the Oscars, and a new segment making its debut on the January edition of Sports Nuts and Beer Guts that we may or may not call the bung draft. Boys, you ready? Possibly. Uh, I think so. (laughs) All right. Let's get started by making sense of the week. First up, AFC-NFC championship games. We're down to the final four. I think three teams that going into the year you thought it's possible. Then there's one team that after they were, what, two and four, Chris? Uh, they were two and four, yeah. <laughs> Has somehow found their way into the uh, the AFC Championship. Guys, what do you think is happening this weekend? So I'm, I mean, I'm excited. This is. There's always this dread when the Patriots are playing in the conference championship game that there's, you know, something ridiculous is going to happen and they're going to go to the Super Bowl and everybody hates it, myself included. So I'm really excited. There's like no bad outcomes left. This should be a lot of fun. Um, AFC game's going to be entertaining. Um, I, I think the Titans keep it close and the Chiefs, Chiefs pull away. The Chiefs, man. Uh, how many teams could go on a 51-7 to run in a game? That, that was like a wildly entertaining game. Just, just nuts with them and the, and the Texans. A um, lot of fun there. The Chiefs are a blast to watch. Um, I think we all wanted to see them in the Super Bowl last year, not just because they were playing New England, but just because the Chiefs versus Saints or Chiefs versus Rams Super Bowl would have been a lot of fun. Same this year. Whoever plays the Chiefs would be a lot of fun. Chris, I know you're a Titans fan. No offense. But, um, yeah, should be should be a fun couple games. Now, before we go any further, I do need to give the Titans some props because I'm pretty sure I gave them a 0% chance to win mm-hmm. last week. Um, and they not only won, but they won handedly. Uh, I was That was an impressive beatdown. On the I- other side of the... Chris? I was going to say, I gave them the same percent chance. I went to go watch uh, Tennessee Tech men's basketball instead of watching the Titans game Saturday night because I thought it was going to be bad. And there's also like 2% of me is like, hey, if you go to the Tech game, the Titans will win because you're not watching. So 
one of those reverse psychologies that actually means nothing. But so are you going Sounds somewhere like this Rables weekend? Call you. Uh, it's my wife's birthday. It's to be determined on that one. Okay. We're gonna be in Nashville. Um, part of me wants to kick her out <laughs> and have her go on to West. She's going to West Tennessee when she leaves Nashville for a couple of days to visit family. So part of me wants to go ahead and kick her out Sunday. I'm off work Monday. And she kind of wants to stay Sunday night in Nashville. So I'm like, this is going to be awkward. Not sure what to do yet. So to be determined. Well, as, as you're trying to figure that out, let's make a sense of how the Chiefs got here, guys. Are the Chiefs that good? Or is our boy down there in Houston, Bill O'Brien, that bad? Chris? I, I think the only correct answer to this is both are true. Uh <laughs> The, the, I mean, the, the Chiefs' first three possessions ended on drop passes in which Mahomes was pretty much right on the money on the throws. Uh, the receivers just dropped him. So it's not like it's not like Mahomes failed at all. And then our boy Bob, uh, bless his heart, he he's he's pretty much your worst coach ever. He's going to get you like the 20, 24th draft pick somewhere in that ballpark. You're going to finish 8-8, eight 9-7. Eight, and seven. Uh, you're probably going to lose the first round of the playoffs, and if you win, it's because you play a team like the Buffalo Bills, uh, so <laughs> or the I mean, Cincinnati Bengals. Yes, that, then they play like twice in a, like two years in a row. Yes, uh, yeah. So it's it's a combination. Like Patrick Mahomes, I've told everybody this that I've talked to. He's the most talented quarterback I've ever seen play in my life. Um, highest ceiling. Um, Aaron Rodgers was that player before Mahomes, but Mahomes does stuff that just leaves me going wow and it's almost like every time he plays i just go wow watching him so when they were down 24 nothing in the group message uh, i think mcclure said something like how about them texans or something like that and i was like i'm not counting the chiefs out yet and halftime they were they were in the lead the chiefs were so yeah i mean you got the you got the feeling in that houston game that houston really didn't do anything great to be up 24 nothing uh they were kind of handed you know muff punt blocked or muffed uh, kick, block punt, all that fun stuff. Um, but on the other side, guys, we've got the Packers and the 49ers. Come out. What? Don't let me do anything on the Titans here. <laughs> oh, the disrespect. So, Brandon Peak brought, brought it to my attention that I am, uh, I can be a little negative at times. I can complain a lot. So, tonight's making sense of the week is going to be me not complaining. So, Ooh. No promises it'll last the whole segment, but we'll try. So, a uh, little, little trivia time. Anybody want to guess Andy Reid's career record in championship games, like the uh, NFC-AFC championship games? Oh, it's 0 for... Hang on. No, 1. I'm going to say 1 and 6. What's your guess, Logan? I was thinking, I was thinking worse than that, like 1 and 8. It's 1 and 5. <laughs> so, you, you were right on the wins. Um any guesses on Andy Reid's record versus the Titans all time as a head coach? I'm going to go. He probably didn't play them that many times. Um, I'm going to go four and three. I'm going to go two and two. It's one and eight. <laughs> wow. All I can say, take Titans wow. money line. Titans are winning Sunday. Don't guarantee it, but. Brandon Peak, I'm being positive. Titans are going to win it. There you go. Chris, Andy Reid probably has a career winning percentage of like 60 something, right? Um, yeah. So if he's 1 and 8 cur- currently against the Titans, doesn't that mean 
reversion to the mean he's due well he's been due for about six straight games and it <laughs> hasn't happened so well just and and then the titans they did beat kansas city this year um it was it was in nashville uh, patrick mahomes did play his first game back from his knee injury um so i mean the titans had a blueprint to win it they have to control the clock you gotta score points and you gotta I mean, I saw something else. Tyree Kills hasn't scored a touchdown since week 15. Um, so I'm not going to say he's due, but... He might be due. I mean, especially if Adoree Jackson's guarding him. <laughs> uh, that guy just leaves me shaking my head. But anyways, got to be positive. I, I think the Titans have a legit sh- chance, especially if they can just somehow get a lead. I think they can get a lead, not give up chunk plays. We're good to go. Titans win. Hickman, can the Titans win the Super Bowl with a quarterback throwing for less than 100 yards a game? <laughs> well, the last time that happened was like the 70s, right? Terry Bradshaw. But, um, I, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's this weird game, game script that keeps happening. Like he, like he makes plays when he needs to, and then they just take the keys away. Well, and, the Titans have been on the thing where they've, Threw the ball to get a lead, and then ran the ball to, to milk the clock. To close it out, yeah, yeah. And so and they, if they, they had held the lead the whole time, yeah. So agree. Look, looks like last week, if they'd had the same game script that the Texans had, it would have gone very differently. Um, I think, I mean, the Chiefs would have had a much more difficult time clawing back out of that hole, um, just because of you know Derrick Henry and the way that they script the game. Yeah, they've got a chance to do that because even in the you know in the Super Bowl, especially so they play San Francisco, that absolutely could beat the 49ers that game script. So um, I don't think they will, but Hey, it could, this is the Oh one Patriots. That's how they were. They did not like they beat the, uh, you know, the, the Raiders on the, on the tuck rule play. They beat the Steelers with two defensive touchdowns and a backup quarterback. They beat the Rams off of a pick six and filming their red zone, but never mind that. And, so uh, you you're know, saying this is the beginning of the dynasty Titans dynasty. Sure. <laughs> That's what I heard. Uh, it's also a how- common denominator, but Hey, uh, it's also how Peyton won his last title, Chris. So it could also be the short ending of a dynasty. Oh, I would. Uh, a lot of it was that <laughs> way, but that was a more dominant defense. Like that, like the one Patriots didn't even have that dominant of a defense. That fifteen Broncos defense was obscene. That was two thousand Ravens, eighty-five Bears level. The Titans don't have that. Well, boys, on the other side, we got the Packers and the Forty Niners. Uh, let's see, Green Bay beat Seattle. Um, and what was a decent game? They they led most of it. And then on the other side, 49ers beat Minnesota, as I think we all expected them to. Um, on on this side, who's the better team, the Packers or the 49ers? So I tend to look at like the single most dominant unit among the four. And I, the, the Niners – she's looking at – anyway. Um, the Niners' defense is the best unit out there. Um, and, you know, there's – Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees are similar. They never have gotten the, you know, oh, they, they fail in the playoffs, uh, you know, label. But Rodgers has only been to one Super Bowl, you know, in however many years he's been a starter, 12 years, 13 years, whatever that is. Um, I think San Francisco is the better team. I think their defense uh, creates pressure, uh, you know, with four men without having to do a lot of pass rush. And, Mike, and Kyle Shanahan's a fantastic play call on the other side of the ball. He takes advantage of opportunities. I I think the Niners win, and they may. I would. I would take them in the points. 
I mean, they did play earlier in the year, and I was trying to look it up. I'm pretty sure the 49ers won by like 30 or 40. Like, it wasn't even it close. It wasn't close. I, I'll piggyback off that. Um, whenever I was going on who I liked in this game, I remember we did our Picking and Grinning segment was that game. Hmm. And me and Hickman were both unanimous. We were on the Packers. Yeah, we were and wrong. Logan gave up about five stats in which everything pointed towards the Niners win. I thought he was crazy. I watched the game. He was not crazy. Right and, on roasted, uh, boys. And Jump I'm, on the bandwagon. And another thing, did Hickman, did you watch the Packers-Seahawks uh, game? I did Sunday? not. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I really think outside of the wide receiver two position, <laughs> that the Packers had the best player at that position at every other position. <laughs> and Russell Wilson still made it a game. Like it was Russell Wilson. That's I think Russell point. Wilson might be better than Aaron Rodgers right now. Like as far as 2019 version, that's not a not Aaron Rodgers. No, Russell's incredible. I think Russell Wilson's that good. Uh, yeah, and we have phenomenal that he was like. I mean, it was three minutes in the game, and they still had a chance to to at least uh, to win it there if they would have drove and got a touchdown. So phenomenal by Russell Wilson. But I mean, they talent wise, it just wasn't close watching the game. So I'm gonna go 49ers. I I love Kyle Shanahan. Huge fan. Uh, the defensive line, as Hickman alluded to, is absolutely dominant. And I think that's going to be the difference is they're going to get pressure on Rodgers. And Rodgers does have a thing where if you can hit him early, he kind of gets a little pouty and just uh, – What? Yeah. I know. I mean, a guy that doesn't talk to any of his family, it or might be his a shocker. <laughs> yeah. If you watch him during games, that dude – if it's a touchdown, he walks off and sits on the sideline. If it's uh, an interception, he's yelling at everybody and walks off, sits on the sideline by himself. I'm, I'm kind of uh, worried he has zero friends. I mean, it's very possible. I, I think it's highly likely <laughs> that the hey, Rod, guy, if you if you hear this, we'll be your friend. <laughs> well, A-Rod has J-Lo. Aaron Rodgers has nobody. Okay. He has Danica well, Patrick, we, man. <laughs> we'll be friends with either one. I'm just saying, you know. <laughs> If he wants to come hang out, you know, for for a weekend, go to a Preds game. We'll 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 welcome Aaron Rodgers. Well, boys, somebody who has plenty of time to hang out with us now, Luke Keekley, at 28 years old, made 61, 63 million dollars, yeah. retiring from the NFL. We've talked about this a little bit before, and is this a trend that we're going to continue to see after after Andrew Luck at the beginning of the year? Um, but I mean, we've had several guys this year at 30 or younger with still gas in the tank um, that are retiring from the NFL. How big of a, of a uh, uh, how much are, uh, are the Panthers going to miss Luke Keekley, Chris? Oh, he's great. So they're going to miss him a lot. <laughs> um, being a linebacker, it may minimize it because linebackers tends to be a, a somewhat easier position to feel just because you have a, a, there's quite a few players that are six foot, 230, 240 pounds. Uh, not many of which play linebackers good as Luke Keekley. I mean, he was he was a guy that you could throw out there, and he, he's gonna he's gonna make up for a lot of mistakes that happen uh, up front and on the back end, both. Uh, but you mentioned that we had talked about it earlier, like with Andrew Luck retired, that players make a lot of money, and I think players see the health of former players, specifically players in like the seventies and eighties, and they're like. Yeah, I don't want to end up like that. And Luke Klee, you said, made $63 million. He, he just made a decision. He's like, I want to be able to like have a healthy healthy life. Like, what, what good is another $15, 20000000 a year? Um, 
if I can't live a normal life. So I think it's going to be a trend. And one thing I thought of with this is, do you think the rookie wage scale owners thought ahead at all about like, hey, we're going to minimize how much rookies can make that way they actually play longer? Do you think that had anything to do with it? Um, I My initial inclination is to say no, but then again, I do think health in the NFL is got to be top of mind for any league executives and owners. Um, so yeah, I would assume they probably it had to have come up. I would assume. And, and one other thing, I'll, I'll let him go after this, but, uh, you know, the combine, when they asked him really weird questions were like, Hey, do you love football? And like, I think it's a legit question that they ask because they're, I mean, I mean, one of their biggest fears is to, to make a high draft pick and they pull on Andrew Luck or Luke mm-hmm. Keekley. I'm not knocking what either one of them did, but at the same time, it's an each traffic's an investment to an extent, and you want the you want the best return on it as possible. And I think the, I think teams are going to be more likely to take guys that are quote unquote football guys that love football, like Larry Fitzgerald. He's coming back for his what, 18th year. <laughs> 18 years 18th man. year yeah he's coming back for 18th year and I, Hickman's still going to draft him in fantasy football <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so uh I, I think I think those questions are pre- are even more prevalent today than they were several years ago because players have options now and they know their options so it's going to happen more often it, it shouldn't be a surprise but at the same time when a 28 year old retires that's one of the top players in his position it's still a surprise I mean, I've I've heard from several people in my family, friends, everybody else who, you know, get frustrated anytime the old yellow hanky comes out and it's a personal foul or what they think is, you know, a late hit and they're all mad because, you know, boys, we used to play the game. That was a perfectly fine hit. We used to teach those hits back in the day. Um, And I keep telling people, like, if you want the game of football to continue so your kids can watch it, you just have to get used to that. Like they're trying to clean it up, trying to make it. And I think that you just have NFL players saying the same thing now. Like, listen, your body can only handle so much. And at some point, you know, um, these guys that are making, making lots of money are looking at it and saying, Hey, this is generational wealth. I can walk away with my body intact. Um, you know, they are cleaning up the game. I think the game is becoming safer, but it is still a vicious contact sport. Um, Hickey, what's your big takeaway from Luke Keekley? So, um, I mean, kind of like when Luck retired, hey, I'm, I'm good, good for him. He's walking away healthy. It is something we're going to have to get used to. And, and you know, if he's making the right decision for for himself and his timing, I, you know, hey, it's it was great timing. You have the Panthers all, all offseason to adjust. Um, one thing, I remember in 2014 um, – Adam York and I were at a Panthers and Seahawks game in Charlotte. And, you know, that was pretty close to Apex Cam Newton. And that Kelvin Benjamin was actually kind of a big deal at the time. They still had Jonathan Stewart or, you know, there were a lot of Panther stars. But, man, the number of Luke Keekley jerseys was just nuts. Like, that, like, he was absolutely or is absolutely beloved in, in Charlotte by that franchise, by that fan base. So, um, you know, hopefully the Panther fans won't revolt and they'll wish him, wish him well. Um, but you know, j- just definitely a guy that was, that really connected with the city and with the franchise and the fan base. So, um, definitely something I'll, I'll remember there, but, uh, I can't blame him. Good for him. Wish him the best. 
Had uh, Ron Rivera still been the coach next year, does Luke Keekley retire? I think so. He's had three concussions. I think it was – I think he told himself at some point during the season, he's like, I'm done. And if I remember right, wasn't he one of these guys who, like, he's been doing some sort of exper- – he's been wearing, like, an experimental helmet or something yeah. um, for the last couple of years, and I think it was supposed to reduce concussions, but he still ended up having one. Um, I think that may have been, you know – the last straw for him. All right, guys, last thing we got to make sense of here in the week, uh, the major league baseball, um, upper elitist decided to hand out some punishments for, for a big cheating scandal. Uh, it appears that there was a team or two, uh, in major league baseball that decided to put a monitor on a camera that was in center field that was stealing signs and when an off-speed pitch was coming, the dugout would bang on the trash can, Doug Funny style, banging on the trash can, <laughs> strumming on the street lights. Wow. Uh, I mean, the listeners love it when I'm singing. So, But they're banging on the trash can. First of all, before we get into the actual punishments, I am always amazed when stuff like this comes out that it lasts as long as it does. Because players get traded, people talk, like, I'm, I'm always amazed. But This was 2017. We're in the 2020 right now. Yeah. 2017, Houston Astros took that little, uh, uh, little step up to win them a World Series title. But MLB is cracking down. Higman, how do you feel about the punishments where they basically took the general manager and the head coach and gave them a one-year ban from baseball, which then ultimately obviously resulted in their firings? Um, I I think it's nothing. It's no punishment. <laughs> right? I mean, it's... it's well, uh, I mean, it's well, something. Time out. I mean, if, if Goodell gave the same punishment to the Patriots and they fired Belichick, would you still say that's a nothing punishment? Good point. No, I wouldn't. I mean, they still but have as we talked about earlier. Point in titles. <laughs> Ooh, that would have been great. I'd love to see that. Um, I mean, like again, I, baseball managers barely do anything anyway. So <laughs> I don't. It, it's it's a minor. Pin. I mean, if the gravity of the of the cheating like swung a World Series, right? Or two. Or two. <laughs> that's that's crazy. Hickman, if you are Pete Rose, how oh. pissed are you right now? I, I, well, I don't, I don't. I think he's been like eleven out of ten since nineteen eighty-six or whenever it was. He was banned for life. He bet on his own team, right, and has a lifetime ban. Allegedly, bet on, bet on his own team. He definitely bet. We know that, but you think? Uh, he, yeah, the own team own thing. Team. I think says PR saying to make it sound a little better. I'm not so a he says guy. he bet on his team to win um, and that he never <sighs> threw games. But either way, his betting, I assume, did not allow the Reds to win a World Series. Houston's cheating won them a World Series. Chris, make some sense of this to us non-baseball guys who think this is laughable. Um, I, uh, I It's hard to make sense, but while we're on the baseball topic before I get into this, um, myself and Alan Wallace are going to be doing a baseball weekly podcast. Um, whenever baseball season starts, it'll start sometime in March. Not sure of the date yet. 
So be so on the lookout. All, so all cool. you sixty-year-old uh, dads out there, tune there in. Go. Sports nuts and beer guts. But I, the, the suspension, I think it's pretty heavy. I mean, the general manager is really good. Um, the Houston Astros before he took over were garbage. He rebuilt them into a mini dynasty. Um, the manager is really good. He's a guy that understands the analytics. He understands the people skills. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if in about two or three years he has a job in baseball as a manager again because he is that good. Um, I mean, most of managing anywhere, sports or business, is managing people and just uh, knowing how to get the best out of out of out of people. So he's a great job at that. It's a huge loss for the Astros because I mean they literally have to put the, push the reset button. Um, they may come out of this okay. I mean, because there's there's no they, there's no maybe about it, Chris. They won a World yeah, Series, man. I understand after, they won a World Series, but all and, the, so yeah. if they don't win one for twenty years, they're gonna be okay. Yes, they will be, and. Also, I mean, there's there's quite a trickle down effect because the Red Sox have already fired uh, Alex Cora, who won the 2018 World Series with the Red Sox, <laughs> because he was implicated pretty hardcore into this cheating scandal. And the Mets, by the time people listen to this podcast, might have already fired Carlos Beltran. They haven't yet, <laughs> but it's coming because he was also mentioned. Mentioned, and this is such a toxic story. I mean, especially with the New York media. I don't know how you have a first-time manager that can answer these questions every week during spring training, every day. Uh, it's, it's just too big of a distraction. So the Mets are going to be looking for a coach. The Red Sox are looking for a coach. The Astros are looking for a coach. You can vacate the World Series. I know that's the answer you want to hear, Logan. Um, but we all watched it, and we all know the Houston Astros won it. So Yeah, they won it with illegal tactics. I understand. So, I mean, this punishment is the most severe punishment I've seen. I mean, especially when you look at what Goodell did to the Patriots for Spygate. Um, this is this is insane. Like, this is that punishment on steroids. So, I don't know what else you wanted Major League Baseball to do other than vacate the World Series that they obviously that. won already. But, yeah. Uh, let's see here. These two guys that have been punished will, as you mentioned, have jobs. They're basically getting a year's vacation. Uh, then they're going to step back into their jobs. My biggest question in all this is the people well, who they're getting jobs as long as they're not blackballed. It could, it could be Major League Baseball could have a hush hush. We're not hiring these guys. I mean, they're white, Hinch and uh, Lunau, but so you won't get the Kaepernick hate. But yeah. They could be blackballed. They may not be back. But if they're blackballed, won't they just say that? I mean, won't they Pete Roseman just say you're done? Like, why would they? To me, that would be, if you think other teams are doing this, I mean, wink, wink, the, they are. The, the commissioner, I mean, he, the Braves general manager two seasons ago, he got, uh, he literally got banned for life for Major League Baseball for an international signing scheme that he had going on that was illegal. And that did not affect the play on the field. These guys affected the play I, on the field. I don't disagree. But my biggest question on this, Chris, is the people who benefited the most off this sign stealing would be the players. Why were no players named in this? Um, they were making money. So it's it's hard to pinpoint which ones were actually involved in this. Um, it, the reason it came out is because a former Astros pitcher in 2017 
was getting rocked by the Astros in 2019 and was like, okay, guys, here goes. I'm, I'm spilling the beans. Um, and I mean, there's such a huge trickle down effect from everything. I mean, baseball is a very stat driven sport and especially like, I don't know if you know this, but players don't make hardly any money in their first two to three years in the majors. They're literally under a million dollars. Even the super, even like Ronald Acuna Jr., who's great. So it affects arbitration as player, like because player stats are what they look at. Uh, so yeah, so it's it's just one of those things where it's what they did was so wrong. I mean, I thought the punishment was fair. Obviously, y'all don't. So <laughs> I'm not a baseball guy, um, but if the guy hit uh, harder, I wouldn't have complained. I, I would have said okay. If they get hit too light, I would have been like, "Yeah, that's nothing." But what they got hit with, I thought it was okay. I thought it was fair. Well, you're allowed to have wrong wrong opinions. I have a lot of those. Don't worry. <laughs> Next up, jug sip or pour. Hot topic today, boys. Evidently, uh, skyline chili was a uh, was a hot topic we had last time we were together. We'll start with you, Hickman. Chug sip or pour the Cincinnati based. Chocolate and spice chili of Skyline Chili. Chug. That is the answer. That stuff is so good. Um, anytime I am traveling through the area, even up to Louisville or somewhere, got to stop for some Skyline. Um, actually, growing up, my mom would make uh, a version of it. Her own. She just called it Cincinnati Chili. It's delicious. You can make it as spicy as you want. You can you know, toss in your onions or you know uh oyster crackers tons of cheese what's not to love love the skyline chili chug for sure um, i'm gonna have to pause for a second guys because i just need you guys to understand as a kentucky fan who lives in knoxville my phone is currently being blown up by a couple of tennessee fans that are talking smack about kentucky's loss did, did tennessee lose by like 30 tonight yes uh so I, I just want to point that out. This is what this is what Kentucky fans deal with at Knoxville. Chris, uh, where are you at on Skyline Chili? Oh, this is easy for me. I'm pouring it out. Um, <laughs> chili's not supposed to I know, shocker. I'm not going to venture out into some terrible food and try it. I have tried it before. So sh- there's two stories with this. First one, all of us plus AWOL, I think it was. Mm-hmm. We were going to go to a Bengals-Steelers game. We thought we were going to go. <laughs> this was like into the second quarter. They were still asking over $100 a ticket to get in. Yep. We obviously didn't go. We did go to a Skyline Chili that day. I had no clue what the hell Skyline Chili was. I was like, ah, oh, Chili. I love Chili. Let's let's go for it. It was literally one of the worst things I've ever tasted. <laughs> it might even be the second worst Chili I've ever tasted. And if you want to know the first worst chili I've ever tasted, it's my wife's. Oh. Um, I hope she listens to this because I tell this story anytime I get a chance to tell a chili story. So we had been day, I, we were married. We had been married long. Uh, and I, she was like, Hey, you want chili for dinner? Tonight? I was like, man, we haven't had chili since we got married. Like chili sounds great. Like I legit like chili. And I got a big old bowl, way too big of a bowl. Cause I was so excited for it. And I took one bite of that, and it was the sweetest chili I've ever tasted in my life. I think she put sugar and cinnamon, and it was just absolutely god-awful. And I took one bite, and I was like, man, if I can power through this, I might get laid tonight, but is it really worth it? After Um, eating a bunch of chili? 
And I, I told her, I was like, this is the most, we were just married. I mean, I mean, you know how it is. You actually have sex when you're recently married. So it's on the, on the reg. So, uh, yeah, I was just like, I took one bite and I was like, I, I can't do this. I was like, Liz, this is the worst ch- chili I've ever tasted in my life. <laughs> and she was like, I'm glad you think so. Cause I think so too. I'm not sure what's wrong. And I was like, me either. I have no clue how somebody made chili this bad, but it yeah, was you just terrible. throw like four ingredients in a big old pot and you turn the burner on. Thank you. <laughs> she, she just put some wrong ingredients or I don't, I don't know. It was so, disgusting. And I relate that to skyline chili cause it's also disgusting. <laughs> I'm not a big fan of big old chunks of tomatoes in my chili. Um, to me, that's the worst type of chili. You go to the old church potluck and you go get you a spoonful and it's, Nothing but three big old maters in there. Uh, I'm I'm sipping the Skyline chili. It's not my favorite. I can I can eat it if I have to, but I'm definitely putting it on a coney, and I'm not putting it on spaghetti because I know I'm uh, out on a limb on this one. But I can't stand spaghetti noodles. The only the only food I've ever had that makes me gag. Oh, I just remembered how this came about. Joe Burrow, who's getting ready to be a Bengal. Uh, was has been saying for years that he despises skyline chili. Um, Chris also evidently feels just like Joe Burrow. Um, I can eat it, but man, it is not the best. The, that spice is just too much. Doesn't you know? It's one of those local things to me that everybody in, from the Cincinnati area thinks it's the world's greatest. Just like everybody from the Tri Cities thinks that Pals is the world's greatest. They're all meh. So I'm sipping the skyline chili. <laughs> At some point, we do need to discuss, like, you know, how adventurous everybody is in their their food. Yeah. Chris eats, as you said, tendies and nugs. (laughs) 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 Uh, I pretty much eat everything that's not spaghetti. It's fair. Fair. And I'll eat anything. (laughs) <laughs> including spaghetti you freak I do, yeah, do, I do like spaghetti unbelievable alright guys next chug, chug sip or pour Roy Williams and the fighting Tar Heels at UNC who are at this point going to miss the NCAA tournament and possibly even the NIT said after, uh, after a recent loss we stunk okay we're not very good the crazy thing about about it is our team and we've had some very gifted teams this is not a very gifted team it's just not guys chug zipper poor roy williams in the middle of the season saying his team is not very good a team that he recruited uh the good news is he lost the next the next day uh, i think it was to clemson oh the uh, first time in forever to lose to them yeah uh, literally in ever at forever at home uh after that loss in the press conference, he said the athletic director should just fire him, that he just needs to be fired at this point. Chris, chug, sip, or pour Roy Williams. I'm going to pour him out because last time I checked, uh, you're the head coach. You're the one responsible for the talent level of your team. Um, if your team sucks, you might should look in the mirror. Also, you hired Hubert Davis because I don't know why. The guy wasn't a basketball coach. He was a freaking analyst on ESPN. Um, when they hired him, everybody that knew anything about basketball was like, this is a bad mistake because you, I mean, it's like, it would be like Kentucky hiring. I don't even know who, like, like, uh, Billis, 
it, it, it'd, be, it'd be a terrible fit. Like, why why would you do that? And they're like, oh, Hubert Davis loves North Carolina. Well, you know who else loved North Carolina? Bill Guthridge loved North Carolina, and he was terrible. So Roy Williams has himself to blame for everything. So him being like, fire me means, hey, can you please pay me so I can go ahead and retire? I mean, it's essentially <laughs> what he's asking for, I think. So that's my two cents. Hickman? Just ridiculous. Absolutely poor. Like, again, I really just same same sentiments as Chris. You you coach the team. You recruited the team. Don't throw Like, how old is Roy Williams? 70 some years old. And he's throwing 18-year-olds under the bus. Come on. That's that's absolutely poor out. Shut up, Roy. Oh, I like that Hickman ended it with a come on, man. Yeah, I've I've never heard a, a coach say that their team is just not talented in the middle of a season uh you're basically telling them guys we're terrible this year and you're not good enough to get to make get this any better so you're why yeah we're just going to keep we're just going to keep sucking all year like i i assume he regrets saying it i just don't know you know to me that's a cop-out that is a i thought i was recruiting better guys but you guys just aren't any good so i'm playing the hand i'm dealt um so I do love to make fun of North Carolina and their fans until I moved to Knoxville. They were, I thought the worst fan base in the country. Um, but I'm glad they suck. So next up Odell Beckham. If you guys saw this at the end of the national championship game, immediately runs onto the field, grabs some dollar dollar bills out of his neon green fanny pack and immediately starts handing it to Clemson players. <laughs> Hickman, Chuck Zipper, LSU, LSU, sorry, LSU players. I mean, I, I guess I'll go sip because I think it's kind of hilarious and it's kind of on brand with OBJ. Um, but come on, <laughs> like, good for the players. Like, you could, I know, I think he was on that 2011 team, that LSU team that has somehow had no offense despite having him and Jarvis Landry. Um, uh, Zach Mittenberger might have something to do with, do with that. I don't think was he even the quarterback then. I don't even know if he was a quarterback. I just assumed he was. It was that. Yeah, it was. I, I can't. Maybe it was. But but anyway, they were historically good in the regular season and then just got shut out against Alabama. But um, no, like I mean, I'm sure there's some frustration from that. I'm good for him for celebrating, but don't do something that's going to get these kids in trouble. And that might have been what he did. So um, yeah, it's it's. It's funny and hey, good for somebody getting a hundred bucks here or there, but come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the rumor has, could be worse. Well, rumor has it they gave he get, they got more than hundreds of dollars. Um, as Joe mm. Burrow said, it was certainly real money because we went out after the game and spent it. No. Um, <laughs> so I love LSU's reaction that oh, we don't think it was real money. We think it was fake money. Um, I was surprised to learn that it was it's still a violation, even if those all the guys he gave money to are um, expected to announce they're going pro. Evidently, it's still a violation. But Chris, where are you at on Odell Beckham? I'm gonna sip it. Um, and I would chug it normally, but the only reason I'm only sipping it is because I think Odell Beckham just did it because he knew a camera and it would get him attention to get on the news. That's a, and other than that, I, I love that he went out there and gave the guys money. I mean, they won a national title. I mean, good for them. They should celebrate. Um, I have no problem with what he did. I just think he had the wrong reasons for doing it. And I feel like he hadn't been in the news most of the year because he's on the Browns. They sucked. And he was like, I really need to get in the spotlight here. So that's just my, that's what I think. I don't know if it's true or not, but I'll sip. 
So <laughs> Odell Beckham was almost an LSU grad. He attended uh, LSU. Yeah. If Clemson wins, do you think he does the same thing? Do you think oh. he runs on the field and starts handing out dollar bills? No, he doesn't. No, he probably goes to uh, he probably goes to Bourbon Street and starts throwing around the money at the strip club. Let's be honest. I mean, because because wasn't Ezekiel Elliott with him, and then he didn't go to LSU. Uh, he he found himself on the field after the game. Um, believe it or not, I'm actually chugging this, and here's why. LSU's basketball coach is still Will Wade. They are basically giving <laughs> the NCAA two middle fingers okay. and saying, we True. are going to hand money right. in front of your face. What are you going to do about it? Because we all know they're going to do little to nothing about it. Um, so, I mean, if you're Odell, why not? I mean, it's it's well known. That's what LSU does. They've been doing it since the days of Shaquille O'Neal. Um, so I'm, I'm chugging it because that's that's a bold statement. I think Odell knew exactly what he was doing. He uh, did know. <laughs> well, speaking of LSU, I don't know if you guys saw, we made mention of it during the game. The Clemson mascot looks like the mascot of my daughter's elementary school. It is the sorriest little mascot I've ever seen. And for a school that just spent, I don't know how many millions of dollars on their new football nap room and, and all that stuff. LSU fans started a GoFundMe for the Clemson mascot to buy them a new one. Uh, their goal was $1,000. In about 12 hours, they raised $1,500. So, Chris, is this ultimate troll move, or is this genuine LSU fans that feel bad for Clemson? Uh, I'm I'm chugging everything. I think it's both of those. Um, when I was watching the game, I, I've commented on it more than most. It really looked like an Auburn, Auburn mascot hand-me-down. That yeah. Auburn's like... Man, we're going to throw this in the trash can. And Clemson came diving in going, oh, not yet. We'll take that. It looked hideous. The mascot looked like it had seriously been worn for, I don't know, 20 years. Um, and it was, I mean, it looked like it was like early 90s. Like it was, it was awful. Before that. I don't know how a major, a, a team like Clemson that's, I mean, what, they've won two national titles in the last four years now. Uh, how they, how their mascot looks looks worse than Tennessee Tech's mascot for crying out loud. So, yeah. Chug and LSU fans starting to go fund me. Chug the trolling. It's hilarious. I mean, you'd think they would have had enough money that they saved from not getting Zion to buy a new mascot. But, Hickman, what do you think? Oh, uh, I really got to echo Chris. I love it. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Absolutely a, a chug there. Uh, funny from the LSU fans and, and there's gotta be some story with it with Clemson's mascot. I guess they've wanted to use the same one since their 81 national championship or something like that. But so it, it really does, was from 81. I, I don't know. I'm guessing that I would believe guess. it. They won the national cha championship in 81 and probably have is the same one, but, uh, it, yeah, it looks, looks awful and good for the, good for LSU. Pretty hilarious. <laughs> So I'm I'm sipping this um, because one I am confident that there are LSU fans who really have have seen this somewhere online, genuinely feel bad for the Clemson mascot, who probably think Clemson has a real tiger that's been living in Australia that needs to be saved or something. Um, <laughs> so they're trying to trying to buy them a new one. Uh, my my dad recently told me a story about his old high school up in uh, Southern Ohio. 
made it to the state championship game in football, but they were going to have to take these school buses on like a six-hour trip or something to go play this team. So the other team that they're going to go play heard about this. It's a poor rural area in Ohio. Heard about this and decided that they were going to fundraise the money to buy charter buses um, for this high school to go to the game against them. So they raised the money and they called the school on like Thursday before the game on Friday. Well, the school then realizes as they start trying to call for bus companies in this rural area of Ohio, they can't get any buses to come. And (laughs) evidently the other team may or may not have known that if they waited past Wednesday that they would not be able to reserve any buses for the game. So while I think it was uh, a genuine, nice Hey, we're trying to help you out. I think it was a big troll move as well. That's hilarious. Last up on the list, guys, Chuck Zipper Poor. The Oscars have come out. I'm hearing all these movie awards, best picture, best best actress, best director. Chris, where are you staying on the Oscars? I'm going to pour it out. Um, There's like a uh, 100% chance that one of the last four movies I saw in a theater was Ladder 49. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, just to give you a hint of how how often I go to the movie theaters, I don't give a damn about movies. Uh, like I'll watch it when it comes out on Netflix or comes on TV, HBO, Showtime. If I mean, I'll watch it a little bit, but I don't care about movies. And my biggest complaint is a lot of times they nominate movies that I've I've never even heard of, and I'm just like, what the hell? I have no desire to watch it. So I'm gonna I'm pouring it out. Just I, I don't care about movies. Hickman, where are you at? Um, okay, so I'm gonna sip it. Here's here's why. Um, I'm not gonna watch it. I'm like kind of like you, Chris. It's not something that's gonna be entertaining it, but I I kind of like um just the uh, moment in time that it is. So it's kind of neat that you can look back at like okay, like 1994 for example. That's a year that I just pointed out. Like the awards were the following year. Like Forrest Gump. Right. There were all these like impactful cultural things whether it's the same with the grammys but like um so that that one year pulp fiction shawshank redemption forrest gump all came out so you had you know looking at best actor you got tom hanks and morgan freeman and even like you know, I mean, john Charles Bolton, samuel really jackson it when it came out though no no it's like re-release it in theaters because it actually became a post theater hit yeah the title was part of the reason and they named it something else it could have been i mean yeah but an all-time one right an all-time great movie so there's all these um i like being able to look oh so you can look at like you know pick a year and you can see these films that reflect again the moment in time the what the what what was happening culturally and sort of put you back in that era um i like that about it that i can effectively read a wikipedia page and see what was going on in the world partially based on what the films were so i like that element I'm not going to watch it. I'm not interested in um, actors and actresses standing up and telling me what their views are on things, but there you go. I'm definitely pouring it out, but like Chris, I don't go to the theaters. Um, me either. I have kids. <laughs> I, I never go, um, but I actually just bought tickets today for opening night. Me and the wifey going to watch Bad Boys 3. Oh, true bad story. Boys, bad Boys. What's I couldn't figure out why the hell the Oscars were even on here. And now I know why the Oscars made the outline. <laughs> so you can brag job, about buddy. going to see Bad Boys 3. Good job, Logan. <laughs> no, but I, I'm pouring it out. I mean, Hickman, you, you 
had this eloquent, very nice speech about 1994. But 1994 stands out because nothing has happened since then. Like, you're not looking back and being like, oh, Toy Story came out in 2002. That was such a fun year. The, these movies are movies nobody's ever heard of. Nobody's regular person's not going to watch. Um, you know, the best movies like Bad Boys 2 aren't going to get nominated. <laughs> I'm pouring out the Oscars. So, I, I mean, I, I do think... Like sure, 1994. I, I picked that year just because of how you know important it was. But I don't necessarily think that's the case. I think maybe a lot of people do that. Can can go back. I mean, and I, I'd be interested to hear if there's anybody who actually does that. that like looks at a year there and and remembers certain things that happened, whether it's pop culture or or being reflective of of what our country was at that point in time. I don't know. Anyway, it's just a, an interesting thing. But real real quick, Chris mentioned Ladder 49. We all went to see that at the Dollar Theater in Knoxville and was 2004 in college. I do remember going to the Dollar Theater probably the, the next year. And Logan, you you recommended the movie for several of us to go see. And it was Big Mama's House 2. Oh, money. And there was one you. person in the theater that was cracking up the whole movie. <laughs> Start to finish every, you know... Was that person Every, Logan Bryant? That was absolutely Logan Bryant. <laughs> <laughs> that was even pre-alcohol Logan Bryant, which makes it even funnier. I mean, just cracking up the whole way through. Probably dropped his popcorn. It was it was great. Um, Made me enjoy the movie more. All right. So I just did a Google search, Hickman. Yeah. Uh, 2006 Oscar Best Picture nominees. Okay. Crash. Capote, Munich, Brokeback Mountain, Good Night and Good Luck. What okay. does that tell you about 2006? Okay, those aren't movies I you know remember a lot of, but <laughs> Brokeback Mountain was a big deal, and it was reflective of the you know issues we were dealing with as a society at the time, and it was a it was a you know, big deal. Also, Capote, Philip Seymour Hoffman, who you know dealt with a lot of demons and you know committed suicide a few years ago, so. I'm so. I mean, I'm weird. Maybe I don't know. It's just that some of those things are interesting to me to to see that picture in time. Well, talk about weird. Let's come to what I like <laughs> to call the name game, aka the bung draft. <laughs> I have no idea what bung draft is going to be. So well, be you know what the bung hole is. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> I was trying to stick with the theme of sports nuts and beer guts, and so I looked up some beer terminology, and I saw bung. I was like, oh, yeah, the bunghole is the last thing that the liquid comes out of. It's a good way. It's, a, it's how you stop all the beer. It's a good way to stop the podcast. Okay. So, the bung draft. If anybody has a better name, hit us up on the uh, Facebook page. If not, you're going to hear not bung draft for a solid month until we come up with a better name. Guys, I've got ladies listed that are either tw 2020 Bachelor contestants. Uh, as my wife informed me, that Bachelor means there are a lot of Bachelorettes and one Bachelor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Or WNBA All-Stars. Okay. okay. So I did this because I didn't want to cherry pick some random WNBA player that sits on the bench. But I picked last year's WNBA All-Stars. I a, didn't even know they had an all-star game, to be honest. <laughs> or Bachelor contestants. You guys will decide amongst yourselves. Um, 
If you decide it's a WNBA player, give me a guess as to what team you think they play for. Because I don't think you guys can name more than a couple of WNBA teams. Should be fun. Uh, if you think it's a Bachelor contestant, give me an idea what you think you th- that their uh, their job is when they're not on The Bachelor. So, I tried to pick names I could pronounce. That's essentially what I did. I do not watch either one. Chris, what's your experience with WNBA or The Bachelor? Um, they're both non-existent for me. So, Great. it should be good. Hickman? Uh, my wife loves The Bachelor, so I hear some things from it. And I remember watching the Houston Comets in 1997. There you go. Cheryl Swoops <laughs> and Cynthia Miller. Ooh. All right. First one. Avonlea Elkins. I'm going to guess uh, WNBA, Seattle, whatever their name is. I'm going to guess Bachelor contestant, and she's like a cosmetologist. Oh, Avon Lee Elkins is a sales rep from Fort Worth, Texas, who is currently on The Bachelor. If she has already selling cosmetics, off. let's be honest. Probably zero. There you go. Cosmetics. Hickman, that's the casual. Okay. I, my wife She's like Rodman Fields. Uh, oh, thanks, there. <laughs> Riding that pyramid to the top. All right. Number two, Erica Wheeler. Oh, she's a baller. That's uh, two guard for the. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a team. The Mystics. Ooh. I was going to guess a Bachelor contestant that is a preacher's daughter. That was oh, my guess. Good, good. Well, Erica Wheeler is a uh, inaugural all-star last year yes. for the Indiana Fever. She yes. is also a guard. Yes. Hickman got the cheat sheet before the game. That's right. I think Hickman's 2-0, and and I'm definitely not. <laughs> All right, next up. Kayla McBride. Oh, bachelor contestant. And she's a real estate agent. She's in real estate. That's I, I'm going to agree with bachelor contestant. That's a good guess, Chris. Real estate. I'm going to say she's like a personal trainer, though. Well, boys, she is a three-time all-star for Ooh. the Las Vegas <laughs> Aces. <laughs> I didn't know that was a team. I didn't know Las Vegas had a WNBA team. You follow Shea Serrano on Twitter. That's his favorite team. Brandon, Brandon Peak, um, can you... Texas tomorrow and let us know if you need the Vegas had a WBA team. Yes. We need to go to a game. Uh, All right. Number four, Jade Gilliland. I'm going to guess bachelor. She's a token black girl on the, on the, on the show. That's my guess. Uh, I'm a tough time with this. I'm going to say Jade plays basketball and she plays for the New York Liberty. She's a center guys. A little disappointed. You guys obviously don't listen to the podcast. We talked about Jade last week because she is currently uh, in a pending lawsuit with DraftKings. She is a flight oh. attendant from Mesa, Arizona. Who uh, her? Uh, we her, didn't remember her I, name. I had a lot of vodka last week, so I'll just blame <laughs> it on that. I did not, but I don't remember her name. Um. Oh yeah, so she is. Um, she's definitely a bachelorette. All right, next up, Candace Dupree, basketball player. I was going to say basketball player for the Washington Mystics. I want to say she plays for the what? What the the Soul? Isn't that a team? Well, you guys were money on the basketball player. She's a seven-time All Star. No wonder you guys right. have heard of her uh, for the I Indiana Fever. And the <laughs> Fever, they've got some. Must be good. How many WBA teams are there? 
I'm going to guess 12. I, I don't know. I assume there oh. can't be many. I'll look it up. I got All a right. Google machine. Yeah. Go ahead, Hickman. Well, whatever you do, don't Google Alyssa Thomas because we need to know. Is she a WNBA All-Star or a Bachelor contestant? By the way, there are 12. You're right. Oh, that was a good guess. Nice job, Chris. I'm better at that game than I am this game. Uh, <laughs> uh, she's she's a bachelor contestant, yeah. and um, I'm going to go nurse. with school teacher. Oh, teacher and a nurse. Yeah. Well, she's going to be disappointed. You guys didn't know her as a two-time All-Star from the Connecticut Sun. All right, a couple more here. You may think I'm making this name up. I most certainly not. It's also not the most offensive name of the day. Katrina Badowski. Katrina is a bachelor contestant. She is. Uh, I don't know what she does for a living. She is. Uh, I'm going to guess she's like a, a paralegal in the, in, or a lawyer in that like yeah, Ooh. that world. I'm going to go with a basketball player for the Los Angeles Sparks. She is a medical sales rep who lives in Chicago, currently on The Bachelor. Okay. All right. A couple more here. Megan Hops. Okay. Basketball she's got to be a baller, player. right? Yeah. <laughs> she's, a, she's a point guard for I'm, the... I'm going to go Los Angeles Sparks again. I'd say she plays the Lynx. Oh, wow. Uh, guys, she is a flight attendant from San Francisco, currently on The Bachelor. Well, she missed a good opportunity to be a basketball player. Well, we got uh, baited into that one, Chris. Yeah, you did. Should have seen that one coming. I may have handpicked that name just like I handpicked this name. <laughs> I am not joking when I say this. Uh, last on the list. Well, second to last on the list. Dewana Boner. <laughs> no. I think no. she's on the. I think she's on The Bachelor, and she's on there so that she can get rid of that last name. No, she's a basketball um, player. She, yeah, she's a basketball player for the Lynx. Uh, I, basketball players don't like boners, if you know what I mean. I'm not oh. commenting. I have been told that she pronounces her last name Bonner, uh, but her first Mark. name is D-E-W-A-N-N-A, Dewana Boner. No. And she is a three-time All-Star for yeah. the Phoenix Mercury. Oh. All right, last up. This may or may not be Chris Dorn's daughter, but McKenna Dorn. Oh, totally a – that's a bachelor. McKenna, that's a bachelor contestant. I was going to go with a basketball player for the, no. uh, the the basketball team in Cleveland. She's Roger Dorn's daughter. Has to be. She's Roger. some girl from Alabama or something. Guys, she is Canadian, and she is a Bachelor contestant who may or may not still be on this year's season. Okay. The name, though, McKenna, just sounds like it's a, yeah. Well, Hickman, you did surprisingly okay. Chris, you, you clearly do not watch The Bachelor or the WNBA. I got to set my game up. Yep, yep. DJ, I'll be hitting you up to watch some WNBA games. <laughs> All right, well, that's this week's Sports Nuts and Beer Guts. Stay tuned next Wednesday when we have bring to you a little more Chug Zipper Pour and we have our second edition of the Bung Draft. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs>